Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, it's the podcast for the busy gamer. As always, I am a badass colonial marine, Michael, that is joined by that twisted scientist who thinks aliens are the perfect creature, Matthew. Which is the most purest organism. And the Adrian, <laughs> the alien. <laughs> he is the most perfect organism. <laughs> Mm, and Good the game of this fortnight has been Aliens Colonial Marines by Gearbox. Not to be confused with many other aliens and alien games with Colonial Marines that appear in them. It's it came out in 2013, I believe. We're playing it with the uh, fix that was recently discovered by Templar GFX. And uh, we'll talk about the impact of that shortly. But first, hey, any news? Bit of news. Do we want to start uh, silly or serious? Uh, let's start. Let's start silly. I mean, it's not even silly. Let's just talk about a game releasing that I want to uh, bring up because I'm disappointed in you boys. I've I've gone above and beyond the masters. Okay. I mm-hmm. Monster Hunter Ultimate, oh, Monster Hunter Generation Ultimate. This is uh, you guys started. You guys were playing this before I was together, and now I've. I've moved ahead without you. What do you What do you mean by that? I'll be moving picking up a sideways, copy though. tomorrow. Yeah, no, I, I, mean, I feel like, like you're moving back. You're you're <laughs> you're basically playing Monster Hunter four point seven five while we're playing Monster Hunter five still. But this is everything we we ever asked for out of Monster Hunter. Okay, it's not World, yes, but it's a Monster Hunter game <laughs> portable again, and we could be having so much fun. But you know. Only I am dedicated. Also, I traded in a bunch of games, and it's only going to cost me like 10 bucks. Uh, I mean, I, I just like to complete the games that I buy, which is why I defeated Tempered Kieran in Monster Hunter World. Is that after the credits roll? Uh, yeah. That's after the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You, yeah. But if you go by that logic, you, what, you're going to play four hours of Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate isn't, has credits. I think I think it just starts I think you're with a little the credits. salty. Why, why the salt, man? <laughs> you just jealous that you're not going to pick up this new Monster Hunter game? More yeah. of the great fun we're used to. Yeah, I'm I'm jealous <laughs> that I can drink potions while walking. So you're saying you'll never play any other Monster Hunter <laughs> game ever again unless it's Worlds Two. If <laughs> if it bugs you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I feel like you're being serious. No. <laughs> Why would I be serious? I, I'm just not getting it now. I might get it later when I feel like you can be at my level so that I'll be able to quickly jump in. <laughs> All right, we get it. You got to hunker, Hunter rank 49. You got to kill a tempered cure, and I didn't. You're better. <sighs> Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, he Is said this, it. He, what? This isn't right. Oh, are we done? Are you finished? Like, podcast <laughs> my, done? My career is over. <laughs> Podcast done. Uh, being a friend with me—it's what you've been waiting to hear all along. No, now <laughs> it's now we are friends. Oh, oh now you're okay. real friends. Now we're real friends. I can't imagine Michael ever said that to you. Yeah, he's <laughs> he. Every night he calls me up and he says that he's proud of me, and he calls me son. That part I feel weird about, but <laughs> just go with it. You know, just me and your mother—we have a special bond. So why not <laughs> call you son? <laughs> Let's yeah, go. let's talk right. about nicer things. Like, um, um, okay, monument, 
Valley movie? Question yeah, mark? so I, I heard about this game when it came out. It's like a p- perspective puzzler, I believe. And it recently got a movie deal. I think it's made by Australians. And it's, yeah, just, it's an app that's getting a movie. And I have no idea how they're going to do it. And I'm curious. Well, here's the thing. At first, when you said this, you just said, oh, this is an app. Before before we started recording, like, this is an app. And it's I been turned game. into movie. It's a game, but it is an app. But the thing is, mo- apps, app games shouldn't be made into movies. See, Angry Birds. Not... I don't like that. Um, but then Monument Valley, I kind of, f- I forgot what its name was. It's like when you finally, when you recognize someone and you see them and you're like, oh, it's you. And so I feel like if they keep to the aesthetic of the game, it could be a very visually pleasing movie. Um, if it's live action at all, no, please no. I don't think it will be. I think it but, was. I think I read it was part live action, part CGI. Uh, I feel like that's uh, it's bold to do that. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. How, like, I mean, I don't know the game. It makes me want to pick up the game because I want to. I want to know how they're going to do it. But just the concept of uh, of an app getting a and it kind of an indie developer game app getting a game is kind of crazy to me. Does this mean we can get other uh, game app? What if we had one for? Um, Oh, geez. We played it and I don't remember the name. Lifeline? Lifeline. What if Lifeline had a movie? I feel like Lifeline's... Yeah, Lifeline's uh, call is that it is a choose-your-own-adventure. True. If if the halfway between Lifeline and a Lifeline movie is called a book, (laughs) where it's just text that does its own thing and then a movie just does its own thing. A text adventure, perhaps. You could have a movie written by the author of the app Lifeline. Set in the universe of Lifeline. We have Uh, so many problems, though, with video games to movies. Show me a good example. uh, Super Mario Brothers movie? Come on. (laughs) That's a classic. People always talk about it because it's so good, and that's the reason why people talk about it. Of course. How did I forget? I feel like Doom with Carl Urban and The Rock really captured the 2016 game. Oh, yeah. The Rock was the perfect pick for Doom Guy. No, the Rock wasn't Doom Guy. Wasn't he? I just no. assumed he was. <laughs> Carl Urban was the Doom Guy. Was this before Carl the... Carl Urban? This is before The Rock was was doing everything. Sorry, yes, I just assumed. That is true. Who is Carl Urban and why is it a surprise that he's the Doom Guy? Carl Urban was in Lord of the Rings. He's in the Star Trek films as Bones McCoy in the new Star Trek ones. Uh, he is one of the villains in Thor Ragnarok uh, that hangs out with Kate Blanchett. Out with the guns, even though he's like a Viking. Ah. This, is, this isn't movies, this is games. Yeah, this is a gaming podcast. It is a gaming podcast. Should should we try something different here in the gaming podcast? Because there is big news in the world of gaming, but it's not what people might think. It's not, yeah. It's not comedy. No. It's a little break from our usual uh, fun times, and it's like a little more serious. I just thought it was worth exploring. It sort of timestamps the podcast, if you're listening sort of close 
to this date in August, then you will know about this. And then, of course, the uh, Jacksonville, Florida shooting, which took place at a Madden, EA Madden tournament. For At time of recording, it happened this morning or last night in Australia. And uh, two people have tragically been uh, killed and many others injured uh, at this games tournament. And the news and the media at the moment are just running with the facts and the story. But I just wanted to bring it to the podcast because I have a feeling it will lead once again to the question of do video games make people violent? Um, I would say in this instant, like, no, because this was less about the game and more about the competition. Because from what I've seen was the um, the shooter was a player in the Madden tournament who lost or something and was taking out his anger. So it's, again, it's one of those things where it's like someone with issues and it's also a competitive um, environment, someone who shouldn't probably be in a competitive environment. And I feel that's with all with all shootings. It's the the people that commit the shootings obviously have much deeper seated issues than what it just looks like on the surface. So while people might turn to video games, perhaps they will go down that line because Fortnite is in the news all the time in Australia at the moment. I don't know what other countries are like, but at the moment everyone is worried about kids playing Fortnite and playing video games and it pops up every now and then and I just feel that even though clearly this person had um, many personal troubles I I have a feeling that us as gamers we're kind of low hanging fruit for a lot of the mainstream Mm. media yeah I I think I you know you can understand some people's train of thought when they want to jump that it's video games fault because generally you know, I think a lot of these shootings and when video games get brought into it, it's revealed that the shooter was playing something like Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto. This is Madden. This has nothing... Like, this is not a game with guns in it. This is not a at game... All. This is a, this is a game, game about a game. Like, this is so much of a game. It should be a friendly environment. Like, competitive, yes, but friendly. And so it's just crazy that you... I I don't see how people could make that leap in this scenario. I don't think that it's... The game is not in any way responsible here. Well, absolutely. And I think it's that way with all games. Where... If you're playing an age-appropriate game, then I don't feel that as someone who's played games for many years now, I don't feel like they are impacting upon me like that. I I detest violence. <laughs> like I'm a completely non-violent person. And but I but I will play Grand Theft Auto. I'll play shooters. They uh they don't they don't relate to real actions, and I think many of us are 
able to make that distinction, like reading books, comics, viewing television or movies, we're able to make that distinction. And perhaps there are some people who can't make that distinction, but then maybe that is where perhaps some of their issues are lying, that they they are blending sort of reality with fiction and escapism with with actual action. And then that's not the fault of gaming, I would say. There's obviously something more deep-seated that people have to address first. And maybe they shouldn't be playing games perhaps because of that. It might. We don't know yet if it exacerbates or relieves those um, issues. I think studies are still being done. No one knows the exact answers. But currently there's nothing to support that it can turn you into a violent person. Is that a good point to end on? That, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think, you know, we could take it into a political place kind of thing about there's, guns. I mean, there's so many things to analyse, yeah, with this that it's like, I think I'd be surprised either way if it is pinned on games because it's like there are so many issues in this and the the game factor is so small because of what the game was. Um, but I'd be surprised if it if it wasn't because media jumps at that chance. I'd like to think we're out of that phase. Like games are a little more uh, socially accepted across the board, but you know, there's always those people with vendettas or, or, or you know their own ob- uh, objectives. Yeah, some people have an axe to grind. Yeah, I I think it's just important to recognize kind of events like the like this because even if you don't associate associate yourself with say like competitive esports uh, even if it's like NFL and even if you play just like you play Monument Valley on your phone you're still kind of put into the same community so i think it's a good thing to recognize this so that we can st- like stand as a community in a way i'm not trying to sound like a mayor that's trying to help us. I'm just saying we should like be strong and stick together, even if you don't consider yourself as part of it. People outside of the gaming community will consider you one. So let me let me change the mood for everyone here. Um, just before we get into housekeeping, we're gonna have a little drop of aliens right now. A little sneaky. Uh, I'm going to call this segment Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Scraker? Even though it has nothing to do with Killing Floor 2. That's a throwback. <laughs> yeah, it is a throwback. It's back, it's back baby. Alright, how hard do you want to go? Oh, Are we doing this before uh, housekeeping? Do you want, do you want to... Okay, we'll, we'll do this after to kind of get us back into back into the alien mindset. Well, then let me tell you right now, I want to say thanks to everyone who's been listening to our podcast. Things have been going well for the last dozen episodes, you know, all 33, in fact. I just want to thank everyone who's listening. Um, You can find us. Where can you find us, Matt? You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and every other good podcast app. If you review us there, I will find you and I will not hug you because I feel like that's personal space, <laughs> but I'll Give appreciate you a, it. A thumbs up from a distance. <laughs> thumbs up from a distance, or <laughs> or nod. maybe if I'm passing you, yeah, just like a nod. 
Uh, but you'll know it's me. Even though you won't hear my voice and you only know me by my voice right now, it, you'll understand. It's fine. Um, if you want to see us play some of these games we talk about live, then I'd recommend our stream that that's up every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 7 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time. It's at grindtime underscore TV. We played a bunch of Aliens Colonial Marines this week, which is really good. Um, and I hope... Oh, actually, I don't know if I'll be able to play the next game just due to its uh, nature, but we'll get to that later on. We want to say what the next game is. Yeah, yeah. well, the next game is... <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm just used to doing it in the old format at the end. But our next game will be Prince of Persia, Sands of Time on the PS2. A uh, An old classic I want to pick up again. I've been going back to these PS2 games lately a lot. You saw me... Matt playing Sly Cooper Trilogy recently. Mm. Um, That's exciting watching. I'll be... uh, I'm sure I'll be going back to God of War at some point after playing the recent one. So Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, just the first one. Um, And yeah, I'm not sure if I can get that up on stream just because it's PS2, but I will definitely give it a red hot go. If If you're happy to drop $10, yeah, it's $10 on Steam... Uh, it's also on Good Old Games, which I don't know what that pricing will be. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, maybe I'll have a look at that then. That might be a better option. Oh, it's $12 because we're Australian. Dang it. The one thing I will say, though, I'm not sure about other versions like GOG or Steam, but I'll be playing uh, through Ubisoft's launcher Uplay because they gave Ooh. out a free copy of it, I think it was last year. Uh, the one thing I will mention about the PC one, Edwin, if you got to take it on for the pod, for the sorry, for the stream, uh, you need some kind of widescreen fix or a window mm. mode fix because okay. it's in four by three, Ooh. and it's just stretches. like my window all over again. <laughs> I found a program that turns it into a windowed mode, so I can play it in four by three. So that might help you if you need help with that. Let me know. <laughs> Oh, yes, I'll I'll figure it out. So, yeah, Prince of Persia Sands of Time, which for followers of the podcast will be our second Assassin's Creed game. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's a precursor. It kind of is. I'm like looking at it and I'm like, is this this Assassin's Creed specifically one, which is set in like Middle East sand, is everywhere. All right, how hard do you want to go for this Aliens quiz? Uh, Give me recruit level. I would let you. Specific. Specifically, Colonial Marines, or do you want anything? Aliens. Uh, let's. Can we start ACM and then move outwards if we do well? All right. Okay. So the first one. All right. I. There is one major item that belongs, or that is linked to the character of Newt. What is that item, and where can it be found? Uh. Newt has like a teddy bear or a ragdoll or something. Don't, or, or he's shoot. hot. Or he's he's close. This is easy. I say it, this is easy because it's technically an achievement, I'm pretty sure. Would it be somewhere in Hadley? It is in Hadley. It is in Hadley. Is so. it at the cryos? At the cryos. No, it is not in the cryo chamber. Okay. I, I give up. I you got close enough already. to be satisfied. I'm close enough to be satisfied. So it is Newt's doll, and you can find it in the sewers because that's oh. where she drops it in the movie. Ah. Uh, okay. And that's the kind of uh, 
stuff you get from this game is cool little Easter eggs referencing back to Aliens. All right. What year was Aliens Colonial Marines released? 2013. All right. What year was Aliens released? 83. Uh, I'm going to say the original was 77. Wasn't it 79? No, I thought it was the same year as Star Wars, wasn't it, in 77? Uh, you you probably know better than I do. I just, I'm going to say the sequel was like 10 years later in like 87. Michael is the closest because he, I, I don't know, uh, it is 1986. The first Alien came out in uh, 1979. Oh, okay. So Adrian was correct. I got bonus uh, points. Okay, so last question. This is... At the end of Aliens, just because there's, to be honest, all the trivia I have for Aliens, Colonial Marines is not phrased in a good question way. <laughs> um, but the end of Aliens, what is the the final chess move? Um, I think me and Michael would the final chess move. Do you mean like an actual chess game? Yeah, like C H E double S chess. Someone is playing chess. Yeah, was that yeah. chess in that movie? At the at the end of the Aliens movie. Is it is it like queen to bishop? That is correct. Michael wins. <laughs> queen takes bishop. Oh, uh, that's great. All right, let's move on to the actual game. That's fantastic. Yeah, let's start talking about aliens, clone marines because we've been like we've been like trying to avoid talking because we've been playing together. Me and Matt played a bit on stream, and then me and Michael pretty much played the whole game through together, and we've been like talking, but now we're saving it for now. What do you guys got to say? Well, it's surprisingly older than it, like, I feel like it should be. Like, yeah, it, like other games in 2013 have like aged a little better? Well, no, I feel like, uh, oh, yeah, that could work. But I feel like, you know, you pick up Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, even if you're not nostalgic about it like me, you're like, oh, okay, this is a fun oh. play. But then uh, Aliens Colonial Marines is like, oh, wow, this is old. In what every a way. tough year for this game in 2013. It was up against, by the end of the year, you had Grand Theft Auto V, which is still being played. Oh, yeah. Still being supported as well. Oh, like, dang. Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yeah. Man, I forgot about that game. The, <laughs> the Last of Us. Oh, my Lord. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This is definitely like tiers below those kinds of games. Yeah. See, this is because we were saying this. It's like it was the last of its kind. Yeah. Uh, like, those games are like the start of this next era we're kind of still in, I feel. Like, when it comes to, like... I mean, some of the... Like, Infinite as a shooter is much better. Uh, and mm. that that felt like more of a next era. Whereas Aliens, Colonial Marines feels a bit older. More like maybe a Borderland. I mean, it is Gearbox, but... it. Like, it just feels like an older game, like the way it plays. Yeah, it feels like an older engine. Like, less, you know, I don't even know how to, like, properly phrase it, but you can just feel it. Like, you can, when you're walking, you feel more like you're gliding, you know? If you get me. Do you get me? Yes. Do you think, though, that that was uh, deliberate? Because I thought at times is reminiscent of a doom 
and things like that, which yeah, were no. which have that glidiness to them. Yeah, is it trying? Yeah, yeah, is it trying to be like an? Uh, I don't know if arcade shooter is. I don't think is the correct uh, phrase, but like one of just those shooters, and that's why this game is divvied out in missions, which doesn't really make sense because it it's all like contextual and it all carries on in a good flow of story. And then suddenly you've got mm. mission score. Whoa! It's yeah, things like a like this is a story based game basically at at its core. And there's like missions and levels and like scores and like you kill in in a single player it um game. Like it's like showing you how many kills and assists you got. It's like why am I seeing this? This is <laughs> if you know what. Now that I think about it, it almost feels like a multiplayer game that has single player tacked on because everything about it is such a multiplayer aspect, like an older Call of Duty kind of thing where it's like, here's your weapons and your loadouts, but then you can pull them out in game, like in the single story. And it has like a scoreboard and all this kind of stuff. This is my, one of my major takeaways from this game. And that I feel like it's, trying to do two different things and it ends up doing neither of them well. Mm. It has this fun co-op arcade shooter. And I love a good co-op campaign, but it sort of phones in the campaign a bit. Just kind of slapped on top of this fun arcade shooter, which in turn I feel is then affecting how fun the shooter is because we end up with things like human enemies, which are just bullet sponges and boring and annoying to fight. Mm. So that feels like that's a story impact upon the gameplay. It couldn't do campaign or fun co-op shooter both well enough. And they kind of slap them together. But I feel like underneath it all, There's something really good here that should have had more life, I think, with a couple of tweaks. Yeah, that's definitely my kind of takeaway. like, this game got a lot of crap when it came out for not being, like, scary and horror-y enough, given that it's the Alien franchise. But thinking about it, it's like, well, if Alien is the has always been classed as, like, the suspenseful horror, and Aliens is, like, the slightly more actiony one then i see there is a place for an action and i like the idea of a squad based um game especially because the movies are all about a team of people on a on a, in a place um so there's definitely a place for this kind of game and there are flashes of something that could have been good but this is not mm. what it need, needed to be see and- what well, i calculated <laughs> i was going to say when you guys were streaming, and I calculated that in the Aliens movie, they kill roughly 26 aliens. Where in this game, you're killing hundreds of them. And so we're in this kind of weird in-between where the aliens are both like too, like almost too plentiful and too weak. But then at the same time, I felt kind of overpowering in a way. I never felt like... I, I felt always under control, but... I didn't feel strong because the the guns were trash. Yeah. Like, yeah, it almost felt kind of silly. The amount of damage I was able to take, the amount of damage they were able to take. I was trying to rationalize it when Adrian and I were playing. 
and thinking that, well, okay, if we want to look at it for story excuse, and I'm not giving you a way out, Gearbox, but if you thought of this, <laughs> get in touch because this is a little bit insane to do this. But you might think to yourself, okay, these aliens these aliens are going to be tough. We know aliens are quite tough. They've got like hard exoskeletons. They've got acid blood. They are the ultimate killing machine. So if you want to take them on as a marine, you would need to be wearing pretty hardcore protective gear. Yeah. Because like you could just get burnt through in holes by acid and just torn to shreds if they grab you. Like when they grab onto you and they want to small, small mouth punch your face, you would be getting like shredded by their hands. So you could say that everyone is wearing like ridiculously hardcore protective gear so humans can take four shotguns to the chest and be okay and the aliens will take like two shots minimum with a shotgun from point blank to die. Like everyone is well equipped to fight anyone. That is the only possible explanation I feel for the <laughs> for that level of sponginess. I I think it was just bad design. I don't know if it because this game was in development hell for so long, and I think Gearbox picked it up off off someone else and and kind of finished it. So it just feels like bad design. Like they got lazy and were like, "Oh, just double the health." Yeah, we'll just do it. Let's just get it done. And there were plenty of moments when I was running out of ammo. Um, but then obviously, too late into the experience, we figured out you can actually swap your primary and secondary weapons to weapons that have more ammo. <laughs> so we were playing this specifically with the Templar GFX's mod. Uh, I was playing with it. I, I didn't notice kind of a big change with the mod per se, um, but the, we The visual did. mod? No, not the visual mod, but that's because my I had to play on my laptop and my laptop is poopy. Um, but the actual fix for the AI we got to see live on... Was it on stream? Yeah, it was on stream. Yeah, on stream. Uh, so we're playing and we realize that nothing's really changed. And so I go into the one file that has the misspelling of tether um, and I save it again, like fix it up again because it had overridden it. So you have to make sure that you do it after you start it up, but before you get into a like map, which is a bit well, silly. For, for me, it was like I applied the mod first, which has that .ini file. So I just moved that to where it needed to be. Then it installed the game and obviously it overwrote it. Right. Um, maybe it's like a on launch for the first time. It checks everything and then makes sure it's, it's correct, which is incorrect. Uh, but yeah. And so f- for a second, all the AI broke. We reloaded <laughs> from a checkpoint and then it was immediate. You could see the difference. Aliens were on the roof. They're on the walls. Uh it was a really... Underneath like, scaffolding. Yeah, and it was like... It's kind of funny. It's like, wow, this AI is so good. It's annoying. Get down. I want to shoot you. I can't <laughs> shoot you from there. And- yeah, because... So, I'll, I'll explain real quick what the thing is. So, in one file, it's like game... What's it called? Like game settings or init- something like that. Let me see if I can pull it up. But... Basically, they just misspell one thing. They misspelled tether, T-E-A-T-H-E-R, and it was essentially 
not registering all the extra locations that the aliens could go to in Pecan Engine, which is in like the game files. Um, so all you have to do is go in, change the delete one letter. You don't have to change anything. It's like one bit of data. And the AI starts like stop it. They stop running at you and they start like jumping on walls and running up to you like along the roof. Um, and while that is like seeing that change instantaneously is cool, it has minimal impact on the game. And I don't think it's because of the AI. I think it's because of the map because there was just one map where it's like a big arena. And so they have no option but to run straight at you. Yeah. Like when it's inside and claustrophobic, it's good. But there was times when you were fighting out in the, on the surface of the planet and it's just open. And I'm like, I had to double check that the thing hadn't reverted again because it was just like, oh, the AI is just running at me now. But that's because they had nothing else to latch onto. Mm. And even with the mod, I feel like this isn't scary like you were saying it got a bit of fact because it's not scary but it's still a bit like spooky and shocking like because i guess you don't anticipate an enemy to be on the roof or the wall and you're just walking and then suddenly there's one in front of you like god oh stop like that's that was my experience playing just constantly bombarded by like Okay, I'm safe. No, I'm not. Okay, now I'm safe. Nope, still bad. Well, most of the time, um, you only really encounter, like, you know when you're about to encounter them. Music kicks up. They're like, they're coming in. There's a horde of them. Uh, very rarely do they, like, stalk you in the um, in the depths, like, um, like Alien Isolation. Um, so, in terms of spookiness, on average, no, but there is one or two chapters that are really interesting that I think uh, is Matt would love to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a single chapter called The Raven, about The Raven, which is so cool. Uh, and the game got a bit of flack because of this um, chapter, because you start off, you're in the sewer, um, and you have a little bit where you're running from the titular raven alien uh, which is kind of like a big warrior alien, I guess. Kind of like halfway between a queen and a regular alien. It's a big spiky guy with half his face missing, so you can see its skull. And it's metal as fuck, and it's cooler than... Uh, like, this single alien, to me, makes Alien Colonial Marines from like a lore standpoint way better than Alien vs. Predator, like... Predalien, too predictable, you know? It's half Predator, half Alien. Easy. The Raven, what is that? Awesome. Anyway, (laughs) I'll move on. And so you're in the sewer, and you're in this area where there's these husks and dead aliens. So husks of aliens, like the exoskeleton, and then just some dead ones. But in between that is some dying aliens. And... They kind of look like their walk cycle is moving a bit too fast, but it's kind of like Weeping Angels where you can be looking directly at them and have no idea if it's a dead alien or if it's an alive one And until you make too much noise and then it attacks you. And I'm pretty sure it's an instant kill too. Um, It explodes. Yeah, they explode because that's um, part of, I think... They said the radiation has now enabled some aliens to spit at you 
and then those spitting aliens can explode as well. And that's what these guys do. Um, and so when you're looking at a GIF of it, it does look a bit silly. Uh, and I'm pretty sure when I played for the first time with Adrian, it was, like, still kind of silly. Like, oh, I, I got a friend here, so it's fine. But this playthrough, I had to play that part by myself, and, or I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is tense, but it's a little too easy for, like and quick. Like, it's one segment uh, that is, like, three doors you have to open and then you're out. Um, and it, as even said on stream, I was like, this makes me want to play isolation. Just this segment. Everything else, I'm happy to play this, but this part makes me want to play a different suspenseful game that actually kind of does it right. And I feel like, I feel like ultimately both need to exist. Yeah. This, but- this doesn't have to be sneaky. We have isolation. This can be shooty, like smart guns, when it's just the shootiest of shooty, when all you get to do is shoot and it locks on to aliens. There's a weird joy at the simplicity of that. And I just oh, was yeah. hanging out for those smart guns. Oh, whenever you got them, just good times, mowing down aliens. I just have like held down the left mouse button and just walked, and it was great. But I feel like... Both, there's room for both to exist, and I feel like both need to exist, but Alien Isolation does its thing much better than this does, you know, the group action pack uh, kind of experience. Like, they need to make... They need to try this again. I don't know if they want to do a sequel. Uh, they wanted to do a sequel by the looks of it. Uh, but then he's, I rec- I'm down for an... It, for someone to learn from the mistakes of this one and try another squad-based alien killing game. I just think if they're going to do that, like, I, I do think that there is a place in the world for a game like this, and I actually do feel like now would be a good time for this because we do have, like, kind of good enough AI. We've fi- played around with AI and in various different ways as allies and as enemies, and now we know what kind of works and i think what there should be is i feel like kind of like a hello neighbor not that i've played it but i've like watched it a bit of hello neighbor kind of thing kind of like a taskmaster style thing where essentially as you're playing the game the for starters you should never kill more than like 50 um but the aliens learn what you do and they begin to work around what you're doing. So, and perhaps there should be choices, like you can take this level in the sewers or take this level like on the main floor or take this level going through the shafts up above and then the next level, the aliens will be where you were the last level because they're like trying to learn how to get you. Um because <clears throat> in the novelization of the aliens film uh the smart guns didn't actually kill that many aliens because they learned they figured it out they're like okay well we're not doing this um and as like a hive mind they tend to be pretty smart collective knowledge yeah um and then also I didn't personally play it this time round, but I feel like the queen didn't get a good enough. Like, what was? Oh yeah, 
That was very lackluster. You press three buttons, and then it's, you win. It's a Queen. puzzle boss. Puzzle boss. And I it's because... It's that impossible to shoot the queen to death. But they could have been like, blo- like try and pin her down with a net or something, just throwing it out there, and then blop a canister next to her. Like, there's more action-oriented ways to take her on, I feel. Oh, it could have definitely been more gamey. I mean, this like, was pretty gamey. She doesn't react to anyone going over to the buttons. She's busy, like, looking inside of shipping containers. And when you have multiple people, it's just like, all right, one person just distract, the other one go press all the buttons. I feel like if you take that, because I like that idea of them uh, reacting to your play style. Like if, if they notice that, so if you're using most of the time, like, uh, say, this game, it would be the battle rifle, so something with a bit of distance, then they know that if they're evasive and come up to you quickly, then that will that will catch you more off guard. Whereas if you're running with a shotgun, if they're more evasive and standoffish, then it will make you less effective against them. So it'd be cool to have that. But I think it could be as simple as the kind of mission structure should be a Call of Duty Zombies style. It should be survival. Mm. It should be sort of a bit more definitive in that, like, you can finish because Zombies at times is very much just like, what wave number can you get to? It would be good to be like, congratulations, you did 10 waves on this first one you have, like, escaped this part of, say, a ship or something and then onto a new sort of, a new chapter. So I think it, I think a chapter system could be added on top so it's more than just your standard zombies rinse and repeat all the time. But I feel like it should definitely be a bit more survival wave-based, like, characters uh, remarking, like, oh, I, th- I think they're gone for now. And then actually using your trackers to be like, well, how much time have we got? I'm picking up something now, time to set up again for the next wave. Yeah, that'd be cool. I even think, uh, just like pondering about it right now, what about a nice, they, they just steal Shadow of War kind of thing? Like it takes you three kills to like kill an alien, like the first time you kill it. Um, so like say you're shooting this alien and then its last bit of health, you shot its arm uh, and then... you. Probably don't need the cutscene every time, but then you'll notice later on an alien comes and attacks you, and it is missing its arm because it got shot off. Um, and then you could have kind of cool and recognizable things, such as not that you are a predator, but like that one alien in AVP, the movie, uh, which has the crisscross pattern on its head because it got that net, right? Mm. That'd be cool, but yeah. It- there's there's lots of ways that they could take this, um, like even kind of generically, and it would still be good. Like this was pretty generic. And yeah, if this was a, if this was an was not an alien game, it'd just be the most average game. But like, as it it does do really good with the sound and like the feeling and like visually as well. I think it did a really good job as that. Uh, but you take the alien away, and it is a very generic game. It's just an average, uh, no panel. Like, it was nice to pick one up again, just like a shooter, like a Borderlands. I've already mentioned it, but just a shooter where it's like you don't have to think too much about your ammo, how much you've got. You just kind of 
unload clips into enemies uh, and progress down a map. Like, it was nice to pick a game like that up again and just have fun. Like, not have to stress too much about my inventory or anything like that. It was nice and arcadey, but I own, like, that campaign slapped on top of it. It was the only time that I paid any attention was right at the end when it was sequel baiting hard. I was like, oh, there's actually some interesting story, but I couldn't actually figure it out most of the time because it it felt like it was just good to have that, that no-penalty shooter. I wasn't going to listen to Marines have these long back-and-forth conversations about things I wasn't really paying any attention to. We need to save Bella! Yeah, it's like her story was kind of interesting, but it was a little bit confused because it is, we were going to, it said like, get to the Wayland yutani facility to save Bella. And I looked around and I said to Adrian, but Bella's right here, why are we going to save her? Because they'd completely missed the fact that she had a chest burster inside of her. That we were trying to get it out. He's just like, we, where is, like, she's right here, why are we going here? I'm like, because we need to get it out of her. But she's right here. Yes. I just yes. felt like it was doing such a poor job. Of conveying of, its story. Of keeping me, yeah, of keeping me interested in conveying it. I think the it overall story, shouting. <laughs> yeah, the overall story about how, like, it was, it does reveal in this game, and this is still my headcanon, that um, Wayland Yutani found the ship with Hicks, Ripley, and Newt, and purposely sabotaged Newt's cryo and then just stuck a egg in there so that Ripley could get an alien in her um is that like, your head canon or is that the canon and that's the canon of this game which is no okay. longer regarded I... as canon as in the overall oh so it's like it was canon and then denied canon uh, it was denied canon because it was a bad game <laughs> <laughs> well um, let's talk about that law for a sec what do you, let's assume it is canon because that's what I've been going off and I'm one of those guys where it's like, well, unless, if, it's, if there's nothing better and more official that overwrites it, it's basically canon. Um, what is your thoughts on Hicks still being alive? Spoilers, by the way. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like, it does... It's an interesting twist. Like, a lot of people were upset with Hicks's fate in the original Alien 3 story. How he just dies. Like, oh, okay, we spent this whole movie building up and then he's just dead. Um, So I think it was good that he's still alive and gets more than just... Oh, he died off screen. <laughs> yeah, just Oopsie. random death. I like that they're, they were like, who did you, body did you use? And he's like, that's a story for another time. Like, they just ignored it. They're just like, yes, he got out of cry. That's it. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. Like, of Wayland Yutani, unless he's saying that he woke up, is that what happened? Did he, like, wake up and was like, oh, shit, it's Wayland Yutani? Uh, it was something like there was a fire on board or the way you people coming on board woke him out of cryo. Right, okay. And then he put another body in and then left. And then and then they all got jettisoned. because Hicks, of the, That's right, because of the fire. Yeah. Actually, I, look, I did read it up because I was Hicks, curious. why? That's a story for another time okay, because it doesn't make any sense. Okay, Hicks I got explains, bored. Hicks, Hicks explains that Wayland Yutani intercepted and boarded the Solaco prior to its arrival at the Florina 161 planet. A fire in the hypersleep bay subsequently caused the Solaco survivors Ellen Ripley, 
Newt and Bishop to be jettisoned from the ship, along with the body of an unidentified man who was mistaken for the corporal. Hicks himself was captured by Wayland uh, and tortured and interrogated, blah, 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 blah. I don't like that Wayland Yutani is just like these, like, they're just bad guys. Why are they bad guys? I don't know. They're just bad guys. And it's always in all of these, like, games that they're always just like, well, time to be a mindless goon and torture this guy for no good reason. Well, it's because they wanted information about the aliens. Isn't that their whole thing the whole time? But they're just on the floor right there. They can just go down. They can just, uh, like, yeah. go down onto the planet. Oh, I assume they wanted information about Ripley because they seem to have, like, a, an affinity for Ripley. Yeah, that's true, especially with Alien 3. Uh, um, but Apparently going Hicks back, was supposed to be in Alien Three, but really? he wouldn't allow them to use his likeness. Um, the actor. Really, that's so interesting. That's why he died off screen. He apparently was supposed to die in Alien Three, in a kind of dream that Ripley has, sort of explaining what happened to him, like like a kind of her remembering. The actor wanted him. The actor actually wanted to be in it. As Hicks still alive, um, yeah, I don't blame him for declining that. Then, yeah. and they were like, "No, no, he's just going to die in like a dream sequence." And then he was like, "Well, you can't." Then no, use yeah. me. <laughs> well, here's a fun little tidbit that I read today because I was I wanted to read, I wanted to watch Aliens just for a reference, but I didn't get around to it. So I read the plot, and I actually read that the actor for Hicks wasn't cast until one week into shooting because the other guy who was playing him left due to creative differences or something. Um, so it's funny that he he was even like that at all, given that he got the role. Like, Cursed after... role. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but going back to the story with um, uh, Bella and O'Neill, I didn't care about them at all. Nah. Especially as soon as, like, I feel like the next game that takes place, it's like, it should say, you have been studying aliens, so that when someone says, oh, I fell asleep and there was like a spider on my face, you could, you have the option to just kill them because you know what's <laughs> going to happen. Oh, that'd be interesting. What about like a, 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 a Bioware kind of choose your adventure version of the game? Like aliens where some... RPG. Yeah, well, not necessarily like RPG elements. It could be like this, but there are story elements like that where it's like, oh, I know that that's going to kill them. And you try and kill him. Like, it's the first thing you learn. He goes into the ship, he gets a face hug, and then he gets a chest burst. It's in the names. Face hugger, chest burster. I did enjoy in this, I don't think I'd heard it before explained in a film, and it's annoying that it's no longer canon, but they said in this one that even if you get a chest burst out, it's too late. The placenta itself is what is, like also Cancerous. killing you yeah and i was like ah, oh, that makes ah. a lot of sense because it's always people's thing of why don't you just take it out and they're going well if you take it out you're still going to die it's, because yeah. you have this like alien that. dna inside of you i wouldn't yeah. be surprised especially with like what um prometheus and alien covenant do i wouldn't be surprised if you took out a chest burster chuck chucked it in a cage alien resurrection style um that the person would just grow another one over time. Like they'll eat and get more nutrients in their blood and it will just grow another one. And the only like solution is them dying. 
or they are just a farm for more aliens. Because that black goo, which is apparently the progenitor. I prefer the canon of this game than the canon of Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I don't mind... how aliens come about. Yeah, I don't don't mind the movies. I, I have a very personal vendetta that I want aliens to be, like... A uh, creature that exists on its own. Um, so I feel like Prometheus doesn't, and uh, Covenant doesn't overwrite that though. I feel very much like the black goo that the progenitors use comes from aliens. They are still the perfect organism, and they were trying to make them even better. Yeah, I I have this awesome idea. <laughs> just before we <laughs> wrap up, let's just keep talk. Let's talk about the extended universe here. Um, I have this like personal idea that it's like they tried to break aliens down to the biological level, but even at the biological level, if it's like given the chance, it will slowly regenerate to aliens. So like David didn't create the alien in Covenant. It like he thinks he did. But really, it was just like after X amount of generations, it will always come back to Alien because it is the perfect organism, even on a molecular level. Somehow, like the cells will just rebuild to an alien structure. Yeah, like yeah, like over the course of generations, it'll be like, well, this is kind of a face hugger boy, and this is kind of an alien boy, and then yeah, it's these strongest genes are the aliens' genes. Yeah, it's like you know. You kind of you can answer what came first, the chicken or the egg, because you can probably count in your, with your hands how many generations it was from the goo to the alien, like the perfect. Anyway, let's talk more about the game. I've got a good uh, story. Coincidentally, it was in the chapter of the Raven. Come on, <laughs> I really like that chapter. Um, and I had a single alien messing with me and playing hide and seek, and I'm pretty sure I heard you have a very similar experience, Michael, on stream. Um, where you're just in like this warehouse with cars or vehicles and he kept popping his head out. I'd go to where he was. He would jump at me. Then he'd run away, pop his head out. I'd go to where he was and he'd jump at me again. And it was like this weird hide and seek. And there was one point I even like got, I thought I got him in a straight and I was like shooting at him. And then he ran into a vent and then reappeared from another vent. And that was good that was some good alien playing tag with your yeah pre- pretty much like he was just like yeah wait for it wait for it. got him i'm not sure if it was just coincidence or if it was from the effect of changing that typo in the engine files but they probably the best sort of moment of some good AI of what it could have been was uh, Alien came out of like a vent and took a few shots. He then ducked behind a box. His head was poking out around the corner. I shot him in the head. He then like disappeared behind the box. And that I was just standing there and nothing was happening. And I thought, oh, he's, he's dead. So I proceed to move forward and he wasn't dead. And as soon as I got close enough, he went into a, a full grab animation and then I'm having to spam E to get him off me. And that was probably, if the game was like that, where the alien was almost like, oh, I'm I'm safe here. He will have to come up to me to attack me and then I will just grab him. 
It's like, that was perfect because I was completely fooled. I thought, yes, I got it because I thought I got enough shots in. But he was just waiting. And I was like, ah. <laughs> Maybe that's what a game like this needs is like, sh- okay, aliens take a lot, but there's like four aliens on a wave and they all like do their best to avoid you and attack you at the best time rather than, you know, rushing, right? Rather than having 30 aliens rush you, there's like four or five that, um, you know, duck and dive and use vents and, and roofs and stuff. And like, that way it's like you still get your shooty and you got to like be wary of more than one, but it's uh, not as blatantly game oriented as Aliens Colonial Marines. Maybe that's what it should be is like easy, it, like so the next game aliens clone marines 2 although they'll probably rebrand it something different um and easy mode is just aliens clone marines ai even with the misspelling of tether but then when you go in hard instead of just making them bullet sponges then like they actually reduce the number of aliens but the aliens are so smart as you can probably tell we are very excited by the ideas that it presents. But this game overall left us, I guess, wanting. It was lacking and it left us wanting. It's just so blatantly average as a shooter. <laughs> and it's like interesting as an alien experience, alien, you know, fiction. But the game doesn't help you absorb the story at all. Yeah. Um, but the main question here is, is it for a busy gamer? For me, uh, n- no. Uh, no? I mean, okay. Across the board, no. If you're an alien fan, yeah, there's some things in here that are cool and you'll like and there's throwbacks uh, and Easter eggs and it's not too long a game. So you're not dumping too much time. The missions there are like little 40-minute, half-an-hour bursts. So if you want to experience this, uh, pick it up when it's like $2 on special. Yeah, I think it even goes down to something like... I believe it has been something like $1. So... But, I, so if it's that cheap, I would like... I would get it if you're an Alien fan. If not, you're not missing out on anything it doesn't add that much to the universe if you're not a massive fan like Matthew is. I feel personally attacked. (laughs) Um, How do you find this as a busy gamer? Is this a good game? No. Is it a bad game? I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's an average game. Is it a game for a busy gamer? Yes, because it's $6. It's not $6. (laughs) It's like six hours. Uh, it's a nice alien-themed story. It's a very average game, play-wise. You've got your short bursts of game, like half an hour. Um, if you're a really busy gamer, like you get 10 minutes kind of thing, like you need a Switch to play games, then probably don't pick this up. But if you've got an hour to kill once a night, boom, done in a week. Easy. So, yes, I think it is a potential game for a busy gamer. This game mm-hmm. took four hours to complete. I it, just had a look at my Steam. Four um, hours is all it takes. To... I thought it was six. No, 
I, I did it with four. Me and Adrian did it in four on the easiest difficulty. I don't think a harder difficulty would have made it any better. It probably would have only made it worse. And I think it's you guys are raising a good point. Because I do like the Alien films, I feel like I'm being a bit more forgiving to towards it if you have no interest or for some reason you're like oh i I severely dislike the alien films then you will only hate this game there are much better squad based shooters gearbox have made some go play borderlands they're fantastic this i felt got very close because it doesn't it doesn't suck it's not unplayable Particularly with a friend. So that's my recommendation. If you like Aliens and you want to play this with at least one friend or more and you find it cheap, then 100% pick it up. Because you get to like you get to mess around with like the world. You get to be on LV-426. You get to fight Aliens. Smart guns are amazing. And you're playing games with friends, which we all love. And that's where it shines... Don't play it by yourself. Don't play it if you don't like Aliens. There are better games. See, oh, I, what a, I like what a strange, What a strange game this is. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, if you don't want to drop the money but you have the following games, there are some very good Alien-themed mods for Killing Floor 1 and Left 4 Dead 2 that will have a better... Uh, aliens killing experience. That's uh, what this game should be like. It should be like Left 4 Dead. Has a story, but is basically just wave based. But yeah, the number story of aliens, is a, no. if you want. <laughs> but yeah, I to, think that it, just as we wrap up, I want to want to say something. I just read. I was just checking my hours on this game. I've put twenty into this across the two different times I've played this, which was A, when it came out, and B, for the podcast. That's a lot of it. That's almost a day on this game, and that's enough for me. But I was just scrolling further down and saw recent news for this. Um, obviously, the second one down is um, the single typo wrecked Aliens Colony Marines, and people are talking about the, the, uh, the tether thing. But just above it, the most recent news, three days after that, Gearbox is seeking a programming copy editor to frag future typos. Gearbox <laughs> is hiring people to go through their code for typos. <laughs> so Gearbox is well aware of what this what the error is in this, but they haven't patched it. It's a one file fix, one bit fix. <laughs> I just find that funny that they're like, uh, a game from also five years ago. They're like, yeah, that's why we need to hire a new editor now. Do you think someone just got fired? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, hang on, this is why it tanked. This I, no guy. This is not, not why it tanked. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just want to remind all of you playing at home that we were like one of the first people to read this news article. Don't listen to Polygon. Polygon was a poly- rock paper shotgun. Sorry, Polygon. Rock paper shotgun totally jumped on our little uh, little train here. So we are the most reputable source of information, uh, gaming news. Uh, so you should follow us, subscribe, like. I don't know how podcasts work, apparently. Um, tell your friends if they like games. And if you've got three friends, I, I say if you have three friends, drop the $40 and get the game. 
if you're not busy. Yeah, that's what me, me and Matt bought this together. I think I even bought the special edition. I bought it off of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's if you like aliens, you got a bunch of friends together, play it. Even even just for the shooter aspect. But that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks everyone for having a listen and we'll uh, we'll see you in 2 weeks after we after we finished Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Until then, my name is Adrian. Thank you very much. My name is Michael. Stay frosty. <laughs> Uh, my name is Matt, and these are the days of our lives, like sands in an hourglass, which is the sands main of character life. of Prince of Persia, I'm pretty sure. The prince comes second to the hourglass, right? It is an hourglass, right? I don't know. I've never played it before. Let's go. I'm excited. They're coming you... out of the walls, man. You cut that shit, Hudson. There's a lot of screaming in this game. Weapons hot! A lot of yelling, yeah. A lot of that. You You don't need to say weapons hot and then fire. You know what else? Especially... Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Also, there there needed to be more like... They have acid for blood. Like, just kind of cool and quiet kind of moments. Like, hmm, yes. Pensive. These... And speaking of acid for blood, I had... No repercussions for killing an alien right in front of me. Unlike, was it, I think it was Hicks who got acid on his face. I just have a lot of passion about the aliens. <laughs> <laughs>